Listener, long have you wandered these lands. You have completed a cycle of six, the great celestial hexagon. And now you find yourself in the Keystone Temple, where the ceremony of reflection is about to begin. Join us. Welcome. Enjoy yourself and listen carefully. As I started this project, I was thinking a lot about scope, and I knew that this was something that I would continue to do for years and years, and that I wanted to do it in a way that was sustainable and manageable. So one of the things that I thought through was the idea of having seasons, or at least a set number of episodes, a reflective episode, and then a break, if I want to take a break. To that end, this is the first of those reflective episodes. This is the seventh episode of Point Crawl, and I'm going to take a little bit of time to look back at the process so far, how I think it's going, what I liked, what I didn't like, and also to open this up to you guys and to ask you, the, the listeners, the audience, uh, to comment on this particular one uh, on my blog or website, uh, connorsb.com slash pointcrawl. Tell me how it's going. Tell me what you guys like about it. Tell me what you guys don't like about it. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit how I feel. And I'll do that right now. I worked on the first episode in 2017. It was kind of a dry run for this project. And though I did release it publicly, I then pulled it back after some people requested that I did. And uh, yeah, that was an experiment and it didn't totally work out. And I kind of stayed away from podcasting for a couple months after that, and finally started again in earnest in May of this year, and have been on a mostly monthly schedule since then. I haven't really set a schedule, but I've tried to put them out whenever the inspiration really strikes me, and whenever I feel like I've gathered enough interesting material that I can put it all together into an episode, and it turns out that that's been happening about monthly. I hope that trend continues. I hope to maybe speed up and produce more of these more frequently, but I'm not really going to hold myself to that because I'm just learning how to do this and I'm new to the game. I mean, I've listened to podcasts for a decade, but this is the first time I'm ever making one. <laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> The Shadow Knows! I've always been in love with radio, enough that when I was young my parents got me a, on CD a set of the first two seasons of the radio drama The Shadow. This was the 1937 and 1938 seasons, both of which starred a very young Orson Welles as Lamont Cranston, who, by day, is a rich man who lives in town, and by night, or whenever necessary, becomes the vigilante hero known as the Shadow. The Shadow provided a transition from pulp novel heroes like Solomon Kane and John Carter of Mars towards something that we would think of as a modern superhero, someone with a secret identity, with supervillains, with nemeses, with sidekicks, and with a confidant who might be a love interest, in this case, Margot. Orson Welles passed away in 1985. I wasn't born until the following year, and I didn't have these CDs until the late 90s. Though the audio is more than 60 years old, 
Wells's voice still has a power and presence. People sometimes talk about the theater of the mind, this internal imagining of what is going on in each of these radio scenes based just on the audio. You have to fill in the visuals yourself. One of the quirks I like about the medium is that there's a fair amount of expository dialogue that doesn't really make sense in real life, but there's no other way to say, we're in a bar down by the waterfront, except to have one of the characters say in the script, hey Sam, we're in a bar down by the waterfront. Look at those tough guys over there. What do you think they're up to? That imaginative and theatrical storytelling is as ancient as human culture is, and has a magic and a power to it that was true before recording equipment existed, and is true now, and that audio is now 80 years old, not just the 60 from when I was a teenager. And ever since podcasts became a medium, ever since people started putting mp3s with metadata inside of RSS feeds to be downloaded by whoever wanted to listen, I've had the internal understanding that this medium would be just as powerful and just as long-lasting as radio dramas from the 30s, as early recordings of blues musicians. Even today, there are certain pieces of audio, especially from world events and news. Oh, the humanity from the Hindenburg disaster. Ich bin ein Berliner, JFK. These things still influence the culture as if they were recorded yesterday. Audio has a lasting power and legacy to it. To be frank, my main goal with the podcast is to create an audio legacy so that long after I'm dead, other people can listen to me and still hear not just my ideas, but my voice, my emotions. They can connect with me as, as a human being. In that way, something about whatever is unique and special about me might survive into the future. That provides a great amount of comfort to me. In 2015, I was in the hospital for about six months. I ended up having open-heart surgery. I was 29 years old, and it was a very dicey thing. So I think about legacy and what I'm leaving all the time because I, I recognize that I could get hit by a bus any day, you know? It's important if I'm going to establish this thing that's going to last that I actually get off my butt and do it make it happen. Podcast has to start somewhere. This round of six feels really good because it's a completion, right? I've actually made it through this cycle once, and this seventh podcast is, for me, a great joy because I did it. I'm not going to show you guys the first episode, but episodes two through six, done. I love them. They're great. Using this idea of different locations that we might return to over time has been a nice way to break the podcast up into different topics and also different formats. The field recording episodes were very much listening notes, the field recording, and then further reflections on the, that recording. The container yard is going to be part of an ongoing series about containers because I love them. I'm excited to talk more within the place of shelter and refuge because I think about taking care of the systems of one's domesticity quite a bit, and I also look forward greatly to going back to the garden grove and talking about both the garden that I grow for food and also the natural world all around southwestern Pennsylvania. I'm excited to explore new locations. I, I want at some point to actually maybe make a radio play and put it on here, and so that location will probably be called the Theater of the Mind. Within this liturgy of podcast making, 
these seventh episodes are a great time for you all, the audience, to interact with me and to tell me, hey, out of those six, these were the ones I really liked, and these not-so-good maybe don't really cover those topics anymore because they're just not that interesting. In the show notes for this episode, you'll find a link to where the podcast lives on my website, and it's there in the comments section that I would love for you guys to let me know how you liked the first six, what you think of this reflective seventh episode, and uh, any other feedback that you might have. Your feedback is a, a real gift, and uh, I know that it takes time not just to listen to these, but to tell me what you think about them. That also takes time, and, and I really want to thank you for the time that you guys have put in, both to listen to these podcasts and also the time that I hope you put in to letting me know how I can make them better. The Podfather, Part 1 In addition to my ongoing love of audio, this podcast does have some specific antecedents, some giants whose shoulders I'm standing on, and I'd like to talk about them with you now. The earliest podcasts that I listened to, I started listening to right when the medium started, so 2005 or 2006, and the very first podcast I listened to was a podcast called The Psychedelic Salon. It was produced by a man named Lorenzo Haggerty down in Los Angeles. Many of those early recordings were carefully digitized tapes of salons and speeches and workshops that various luminaries within the field of human consciousness had put on over time, and many of those people were deceased, and so the only way to really get an idea of who they were and what their ideas were were to listen. Contemporaneously, I also began listening to the Sea Realm podcast, which is a long-running interview show about consciousness, civilization, all these related ideas around working as a collective organism to both improve ourselves and improve civilization, and ultimately to sort of heal and shepherd the earth. In the early aughts, that meant that a lot of the interviews were with peak oil folks. That's a pretty depressing subject to focus on for a long time, and so though many of the climate change fears that those folks had at that time have been realized in the interceding decade, the show has also moved on to other topics, everything from the history of debt to computer simulations of the primordial soup from which life emerged, which are monitored to see if digital life might digitally emerge from this simulation of atoms and soup. Both the Psychedelic Salon and the Sea Realm have extensive archives, and I encourage you to check them out. If you like the kind of ideas that I present in Point Crawl, I think that you'll like both of these podcasts as well. The Podfather, Part 2 in 2013, KMO took the Sea Realm podcast on the road and did talks and events all around the country, one of which was in California, which was a consciousness-in-the-cloud discussion hosted by Tom Barbelay. Tom is a computer scientist, a game-playing enthusiast, a model railroader, and has been an inveterate podcaster for more than a decade now. Biota Live is a call-in show for artificial life enthusiasts. This Comes Next is a show that he has done with Jay Carmona, which is all about politics and the future of politics and how we might fix the political system in America. Stone Ape is a collaborative podcast with a futurist linguist named Heron Stone, and the podcast is a series of conversations between Tom and Heron. Attic Aficionados discusses childhood toys and nostalgia for earlier times. The first season had a host named Brandon, 
along with Tom, and the second season was actually me and Tom discussing directly. Tom produces some self-reflection audio. Uh, the short ones are called Short Funk, and the long ones are called Long Funk. Those are two more podcasts. And then finally, his largest podcast is called Model Rail Radio. It's a call-in show for model railroad enthusiasts, and it has tens of thousands of listeners. It's become a real community with a very active Facebook a whole lot of attention and thought and care and a lot of collaboration between all of the people who call into the show and a lot of creation of links within that community. It's a wonderful thing and it's been going for a long time, more than a hundred episodes. Tom's work over the last decade has absolutely inspired this podcast and inspired the notion in me that if I want my ideas out there, I need to record them and put them out there. Point Crawl wouldn't exist without Tom Barbelay singularly, I can say that for sure. And I'm happy to say that over the many years that I've listened to his podcasts, he and I have become friends enough that I was a co-host, we've met in real life, and uh, I'm very proud to call him a friend. He's an amazing human, and he's done incredible work over his life, not even to mention his computer science stuff. Just just the audio is, is more than enough. <laughs> he, he's done good. He's improved civilization, for sure. I think that's a pretty good note to end on. Thanks so much for listening to this Reflection episode, and I hope to see you for episodes 8 through 13, and then another Reflection back at episode 14. Uh, I am not going to make any commitments about what I'm going to do for those episodes. I have to think about that, because I've done these seven, and now I can start to think about the next seven. And that's a wonderful feeling. Thank you guys so much for gathering around this podcast and being this community. I love you guys. And I'll see you later. Some notes on the music for this episode. The intro music for the Keystone Temple is a piece called Xenophobic by Sala Kapaka Sound System from the album Buddha Machines on Fire, Volume 2. Buddha Machines are small plastic musical loop players which produce meditative music by layering loops of different length uh, over themselves and as they repeat, the lengths don't match up, and so the creative music ends up being generative and can never repeat, even though it goes for hundreds of hours. These small plastic boxes were first created by Beijing-based electronica duo FM3, and as you can tell from this music, which is just inspired by it, uh, since 2005, when the uh, Buddha machine started coming out, they've inspired many subsequent projects and products. The music underneath the recreated opening to The Shadow is an electronic piece called Plato Number 4297 Iridescent Violas, which is by Plato and the Western Tradition, 
It was a live and improvised electronica set performed by David K. Barton, who goes by Plato in the Western tradition, uh, on April 9th of 2017, somewhere in Michiana, which is the area around South Bend, Indiana that straddles the state border there. And this closing track that you're hearing now is called Urbana Metronica. It is the Woo Yeah mix by Spinning Merkaba, which features Morris Q, Jerris, Sea Soul, and Alex Barroza. Uh, all of the music in this episode and every episode of Point Crawl is uh, Creative Commons or public domain music. Uh, culture is meant to be remixed, and this is part of it. Enjoy. Enjoy.